My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Greetings, folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spin-off show where we talk about Transformers every time, all the time. Uh, this is Mike. I'll be your host tonight. And joining me tonight is one other of my fellow fan holes. What did you say? Hi. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek. Derek WC. Hello. Hello. I sadly Dinobots away till I get better idea. Yes, well, uh, we're doing, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Transformers Redemption, which is a one-shot released by IDW. It's a direct sequel to Transformers Punishment, which we previously did a podcast on. Um, That was, the the Punishment was uh, originally released on that Madefire app. And was like a sort of like I think we called it like like a half a motion comic, like a piddly excuse right, right. for a motion comic, a, a half-assed motion comic. Right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, thankfully, Redemption does not like you know try to be anything other than you know a, a imprint or you know regular comic basically. So yeah, we don't have to go into any of the background about that or anything. But yeah, Redemption is as, as the same basically the same exact uh, creative team as uh, Punishment. Um, Written by John Barber, uh, art by Livio Ramondelli. It it kind of takes place. It's while well, it's a sequel to Punishment, but it takes place a little farther along the timeline, I guess. But it kind of directly addresses things that happened in Punishment. So like it, it's it's not like it. You, I guess there's some things you have to be like familiar with, and I'm sure we'll get into that because I'm pretty sure like Derek's not read some of the things this book like brings up. But uh, what I'll do is, usually I write my own summary for this, but I'm lazy tonight, so I'm just going to crib, like, completely, like, crib and read the the TF Wiki summary that, you know, some hardworking person, probably uh, Chris McFeely, wrote, because he, like, writes it, like, I don't know how fast, he does it so fast, but, like, every Wednesday he writes, like, a huge, like, synopsis for every new issue that gets released. But uh, I'm just going to, I guess... I'll I'll read like this split up into like paragraphs. So I'll read a paragraph and then we'll discuss, you know, whatever pages that paragraph like covered. And then, you know, they, we'll just keep going on until there are no more paragraphs. Sounds good. So on the way to Macadam's slug, still nursing a grudge over the harsh words Optimus Prime directed towards him and the Dinobots during their recent team up, nearly gets into a fight with some Camion street proselytizers who proclaim Prime a divine savior. Led away by Sludge and Swoop before things can get nasty, Slug goes on to drown his sorrows at Macadam's, resulting in a meaningless drunken bar fight that ends up with him getting arrested by Barricade. Awakening in a cell a few hours later, Slug is made an offer by Barricade, the Camion dignitary Strafe, and Barricade's new Camion romantic partner Swift. In return for a briefcase full of Shannix, the Dinobots will help secretly transport a Camion artifact of religious significance through the wilderness to Alion? 
uh, yeah, I think it's Allion. Um, without the knowledge of Cybertron's uh, leadership, the cash proves a tempting enough offer and Slug agrees, much to the consternation of the other Dinobots. However, the still bitter Slug reveals to his teammates that he plans to double cross Barricade, tipping off the badge list to their movements so that Barricade will end up dead and the Dinobots will just end up with the cash. So, yeah, that's about the first, like, five or six pages, uh, you know, setting up basically the plot of the issue. So what what initially, like, what are your, like, thoughts? My, my first impression was I was thinking, I, I kept going back and going, yeah, this is the same team. Like, it's Barber and, and Ramadelli. And, like, I kept looking at the art. Like, it's one of those things where I guess, you know, not to jump ahead too far, but but going to like the afterword that Barbara wrote, like how he said, you know, you don't need to know too much to enjoy this as a one shot. But, you know, if you have come to us, you know, this is sort of a, a sequel, you know, a follow up on punishment. And like the other thing he said was, well, punishment was something that was, you know, certainly very, very dark and gritty and grounded and everything. He, he hoped that this, had, you know, a semblance of hope to it, this particular one shot and everything. And I, I'll go to bat and say I think that was successful, too, because even even the artwork, I felt like I kept looking at it going, this this isn't. And I'm like, it is. And I'm like, this isn't the same. And I'm like, it is the same. You know, like like it was one of those things where it's like it it, it had some of the moody stuff that Roman Deli often does. But for some reason, it just felt a little more. I don't know what it was. It's like even the art style just felt a little more yeah, uplifted, you know? It's more, it's brighter and like, yeah, I guess more like defined and stuff. Like, and I, I feel like Ramadelli actively, like I, I can see like, you know, people will criticize his art, not just because of the like blotchy darkness or whatever, but he's also, he's not so good at like drawing like proportionate like characters and stuff or like staying on model and, like, I definitely saw a definite improvement, like, in this one shot, like, on his part. So I think he's definitely, like, making an effort to improve on areas that he would, like, you know, people have criticized him on. And, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, this stuff uh, definitely seems, like, brighter and, like, the, the tone is, like, set as a, as a little brighter, I mean, at least, at, at least initially. Yeah, and, but, uh, and, and even even as far as the, the where the characters' heads are at, I mean, yeah, it's the Dinobots. They're always going to be getting into fights with other other bots, whether they're Camions or Decepticons, and there's always going to be that kind of mentality surrounding the Dinobots. But I think, that, I, I guess, just the notion that they they have a purpose in this, and and you know, and and that purpose, uh, you know, to start with, as you've said, is is kind of out of their own vested self-interest and everything. And, and maybe they feel, uh, you know, kind of backstabbed and, and, and there's a lot of bitterness after the events of punishment, obviously. So, you know, to some degree, you've got a group of characters that, you know, kind of feel like they're owed something basically. And, and, and that's fine, I guess, but, but also the fact that that kind of notion becomes turned on its head and it stops being about that, you know, basically i'm sure you'll get into it when we talk more about it but you know just the notion of that in and of itself felt a lot more like th this is something that i can clearly take as it, it it's got some elements of reality and it's got some elements of groundedness and grittiness to the story but it also is kind of entertaining i mean it it's got a mission it's got a purpose you know you've got characters that you can you know relate to and enjoy and it's not so 
gray and ambiguous and and you know it, it, it didn't have that flavor that punishment had where you felt like you were thinking about real life events all day and and this was actually you know something that was a bit more of an escape for me I think, yeah, like, I think I told you before you read this, but I think I, I said that you would enjoy this one, like, better. Like, not only because, yeah, it's less, I feel like it's less, like, button-pushy, kind of. And also because I know you like slag, and this is basically, like, a spotlight for slag, basically. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, not, it's not often that, that he gets a, a solo story. I mean, I can't really think of anything you'd probably be more well equipped to tell me whether i'm wrong or not but but i i don't i don't feel like i remember too many transformers comics or cartoons or anything that specifically focused on slag it seems like you know grimlock is the guy who usually gets all the, yeah. the love and everything so so this i think this is in and of itself kind of a rarity the the only like thing i could think of that kind of like is, is a slag centric story is one of the black and white like UK stories like later in the run where um, I think it's like there, there's a thing where slag goes nuts every like four million <laughs> years and like, you know, tries to kill everyone. And there's that like hilarious like five page like story where it's like, you know, uh, it's the era where Grimlock's leading like Earth Force or whatever. And Optimus Prime comes down like for an inspection and like all through the inspection, like the Dinobots have to keep slag from like going crazy. And it's like, you know, this thing where Optimus Prime is like inspecting things and he's like, yes, things happen to be in order. And you see in the background, like the Dinobots like wrestling slag to the ground and stuff. And, like, Grimlock's, like, wiping his brow, like, sweating, like he doesn't want Prime to see it. So, like, yeah, that that's the closest thing I can think of to, like, any kind of, like, slag-centric story. Ooh, who wrote that UK story? Was it uh, Furman, Furman, yeah. Okay. What do you think, like, we obviously you met Barricade in the last, like, uh, one-shot, but here introduces a Strafe and Swift which are two like Camions from, you know, uh, Caminus or, you know, the, the, the colony that Windblade comes from basically. And did they make a, like initial impression to you right off the bat or is that later on? I basically? think, I think uh, I gotta be honest. I think they made a bigger impression later on. I mean, Barricade, I remembered from, from the previous one shot and I thought it was kind of a surprise that he, the the notion like because basically like you know slag gets into that brawl and then they throw him into the jail and then he makes him the offer from behind the the prison cell and kind of says hey i've been collecting all this this gold pure shanix this whole time you know the the monetary units of i guess robot life forms or whatever right and so so you're you're sitting there kind of going oh well that's weird because I, I don't know. I guess the the initial impression I got of him was, yeah, he was a Decepticon, but you know, that the, there's that notion of oh, Prime saw a sparkle in his eye, and you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like he was <laughs> he was going to be probably a a, a straight laced lawman, and and here, like that t notion to me was like, oh, well, now I've got another layer to him, where I'm like, that that's not. It basically, whatever my first impression of him was in that one shot, it doesn't seem to hold true in this particular instance, at least. Yeah. He, and he then kind of busts out the, the suitcase full of money, you know. And then you don't really feel bad when Slag pretty much tells the other Dinobots, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to like tell the authorities about this and then, you know, Barricade will get killed and we'll get the money, basically. So, but um, in any case, yeah, let me read the next paragraph and we'll, we'll move on with the plot. 
The next day, the Dinobots meet Barricade and the Camions in the Decepticon ghetto, where Slug sneaks a peek at the secret cargo aboard their truck while the others keep their travel companions busy. He is shocked to discover that they are transporting a clutch of a dozen Camion sparks brought from the colony world to be planted in the old hotspot in Allion. Unprepared, Slug is struck by a pang of conscience, and when the Badgeless officers he tipped off ambush the truck, Slug orders the Dinobots to fight back now determined to give the Sparks a chance at life. While the others go on ahead, the Dinobots kill the Badgeless, ensuring that they'll never be able to return to Iacon, but keeping Barricade and the Camion's names clean for the greater good. So yeah, like the journey like starts off and uh let me let me get into this before it gets any like further like and, and even John Barber says it in the afterword. Like immediately I started to think like are you doing like a Mad Max Fury Road thing here uh, like kind of okay, cuz okay. they're like driving a truck, yeah, and there's like, you know, uh they're they're all like trying to get this truck to a certain like uh destination and uh, basically, yeah, like, I, I just was kind of noticing parallels, and they, they continue on, basically, but, like, I thought that was kind of, like, I don't know, like, kind of trying to cashing in on something that was, like, popular at the time, basically, but, I mean, not, it's not necessarily bad, but, like, I, I just noticed it, like, right off the bat. I so don't does know that, I, I guess, I guess that totally slid past me, because I, I'm one of the few people that probably hasn't seen Mad Max Fury Road, and, just you know, I, I know there's been a lot of praise. You know, I know I know Tony's mentioned it, and there's a lot of other you know different podcasters and and different people out there I see on you know all the social media that talk about it. But I, I think that's a popularity fad or a popularity wave. You know that I it sort of overlooked me, so I, I can't say that I I made that connection. But you know, just to be honest, you know, but but now that you mention it. I, I can see where you're coming from with it, that, that it was, you know, something that was kind of similar. And then I guess maybe I'll turn it back on you and go, well, does that make slag Mad Max in that case? You know, yeah, like, I, that, I was almost going to say that because then it kind of it kind of makes Swift and Strafe like sort of like XBs for uh, like what's her name? Charlize Theron. Yeah, 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 I can whatever. See that. So like, I mean, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like you want to name this. It's like it's like, you know, if, if uh, Aquaman from Brave and the Bold was was going to be around in this, he'd be like, and I shall call this one the day Slag gets a girlfriend or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. I shall call yep. this adventure, you know, like that. That's kind of what I felt like, you know? Yeah. But uh, like uh, uh, speaking as to what like actually happened in these pages, like I like I like um I, I like the fact that like Slag once he figures out what the the cargo is he's kind of like you know what like you know this is kind of like cool of them so like we're gonna help them instead of like selling them out basically so I think that's like you you would think if things were like as super gray and ugly as they were in Punishment he'd just be like yeah screw them like or whatever but like this this was actually like a heroic thing like for them basically well I think I think it's also something that that kind of is why punishment made me so angry is because they stay true to who they are you know like like they they know they know they're going to be pointed at and 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 derided and kind of held up as like the poster child of you know somebody who is you know he has that line where he says we're gonna do what we always do we're gonna we're going to take the brunt of the blame so that other people can look like heroes. Do you know what I mean? But to, to me, that's always been 
inherent in that kind of sacrifice that somebody makes, you know, like, and, and I think in that sense, like they, you know, it's one of those things where, where I think people have those moments where, you know, it's like, I, I know like a lot of times, you know, you can, you can have a moment where you're like, oh, fuck this shit. Like, I'm going to just start being mean to everybody. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes you have those moments in life, but you know, I think at, at your core, if you're, you know, basically a, a person who, who doesn't really believe in that, you know, I, I think at some point you're going to you're going to go back to it and go, oh, fuck this. Like, I'm going to hold the door open for the little old lady. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not that yeah. far gone. It's like, that's just how I was raised. That's just w what's in my DNA, my makeup. And, and I think that that decision for slag, you know, is basically like him just kind of going, oh, this is you know, this is how we've always rolled. Like, we're, this is how we're going to go out, rolling out the same way, you know? And, and to me, like, that, that that's a, a point of respect for me. So, I mean, that's just how I took that. Yeah, no, like, I, I, liked, I liked that whole, like, setup, basically. But, um, yeah, let me read the next paragraph. Um, the Dinobots catch up to the truck in the Sea of Rust, where Slug and Strafe take point as they advance through the corroded wasteland. Presently, they find themselves set upon by some extremely unexpected opponents, zombified sweeps, their long-dead bodies reanimated by forces unknown. The team fights against the undead attackers and performs admirably. Presently, the sweeps all flee when they catch sight of another group of figures, the Sea of Rust's resident Camion protectors, the Torchbearers, observing from nearby. No words are exchanged by the two groups, but they part peacefully unaware that their de departure is being watched by the sweep's master, Bludgeon. So, yeah, um, you know, sweep, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the sweeps were last seen basically from uh, in the dead universe. Like, they were kind of, like, Galvatron and Nova Prime's, like, cannon fodder right, troops right. or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I, th I, I thought it was nice. I feel like someone who has gotten a, a very short, like, a shaft or a short thrift in the IDW universe is like Scourge, like G1 Scourge. Like he, he showed up in one of like Abnett and Lanning's miniseries and like they retconned him to be like part of the dead universe crew, like all along, even though like Furman hadn't used him. And then he just kind of becomes like a one of like, you know, one of the sweeps basically. And he becomes one of this cannon fodder army and then he just vanishes and then he never, like, no one ever, like, see, says what happened to him or whatever. So I, 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 every time there's kind of a any, like, sort of reference to Scourge, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, someone should do something with him. So, like, I, I was kind of happy to see the sweeps, like, come back. And then, like, I should ask you, like, I don't think you've read a lot with, like, the Torchbearers or, like, Victorion, basically. Like, did have you read, like, anything with them in it? Um, I don't. I don't think so, like, because th that, that, that's basically what the... The fan combiner team? No, I don't think I have, because yeah, they, okay, they, well. they were in, like, w well, I guess maybe, I'm trying to remember, because they're, they're not, like, the religious zealot-type combiner team, are they? Like, I, I don't know, I, 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 I guess I don't A have a... little? Enough. Well... It's it's well the way it is is like the the leader of the of Caminus like uh, they they all believe in like the, the they way they believe in what's called like the way of the flame which is like the way of Primus or the way of the Matrix flame or whatever. I, I may so, have I may have dabbled a bit and looked at like a one shot or something like that because I I have vague 
memories of of them in that but yeah I, well, basically yeah. like they think they think optimus prime is like a religious figure yeah basically. yeah yeah they, so. they kind of they're they're yeah they <laughs> they're, they're gonna knock on the door you know be like are you willing to take the lord optimus prime into your life you know <laughs> yeah. like pretty much yeah I don't look. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I they got kind of annoying. Like in the in the John Barber's like trans adjectiveless Transformers book, because like they they would they would combine into Victorian, and then Victorian would be all judgy of like Optimus Prime. Like you're making bad decisions and blah 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 blah. And like you're supposed to be some divine being, and you know I don't know. Sounds, sounds don't, like me. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, like maybe you would like sympathize with them, but I. <laughs> I would. I was coming from like the sort of like train of thought, like where I was like, "Who are you guys? Like you new characters to like question right, like right, Optimus right, Prime right. or whatever." So like that's what kind of made me like annoyed. But like no, some the way Optimus Prime's being written like recently, like I, it it almost is justified just because he's been so like yeah like judgy and like indecisive and I, I don't know like i just haven't been on his wavelength i guess recently so but uh i guess this is a like badass moment for them or whatever that the sweeps all like run away when they show up so like they, they they're doing a like sort of almost like drift thing where it's like they're so cool that like people run away if they just see them like, right 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 i so. i i felt like because because they were they just they're supposed to be guys that are just kind of out there doing their religious shtick like in the middle of nowhere and that's why the dinobots r run into them right because it's like yeah, the, they, it, they, it's kind of like it's kind of like when like obi-wan kenobi shows up and does his little howl and all the sam people like run away like bitches yeah it's kind of supposed to be yep. the same idea yeah and then uh, it turns out like you know bludgeon is the one who is uh controlling these sweeps and like we last saw bludgeon i think you, you we we were at the same point at this point because we last saw bludgeon like being knocked out by optimus prime like at the end of dark cybertron and then okay. then that whole like thing area condensed into like a black hole and like you don't know what happened to him but i guess he's okay now so but in any case, yeah, I guess I'll just read the next paragraph. While making their way across the icy fields of Praetorius Wharf, the team is surprised when the terrain abruptly changes into a slick black metal beneath their feet. They are, in fact, traveling across the frozen body of the fallen monster Trypticon, but they don't have time to realize this thanks to an attack by some armed and dangerous turbo foxes. Swift and Barricade dispatch most of the creatures fairly easily, but Slug observes that they are not acting in their normal way their species does. Turbo Foxes ought to be nothing but mindless animals, but these ones are clearly thinking and even mourning the deaths of their fallen comrades. Getting clear of the beast, Slug offers to take over driving from Strafe for a while, but she refuses. In fact, she mistakenly thinks he's making a pass at her comparing his offer to Barricade's present attempts to get Swift to take a rest. Slug is fairly repulsed by the very notion of anyone romantically hooking up with a Decepticon. When Strafe presses him, he insists that the bad things they did during the war were different than the bad things the Dinobots did. Although inside, he knows that he's really just lying to himself. Slug's mind drifts back eons to one particular raid the Dinobots pulled on a Decepticon convoy, which was transporting a cache of sparks to become more soldiers for the war. Coldly viewing the sparks as nothing more than future enemies, Slug destroyed them all. 
Okay, so that's the next uh, series of pages. Um, let me ask you right off the bat. Did you get that that was Trypticon they were driving over? I, I was about to tell you that I need to go back and look at it again because yeah. I don't think I... I, I, I don't think I understood that, that at all. So oh. yeah, like I did not notice that either. And like it's it's a double page spread of them driving over some black metal. And if you look like towards the top of the double like the spread image, you can kind of make out Trypticon's like head and arm. But like yeah, the first time I read this, I didn't notice that at all. Like I had like I I think I read this wiki article, and when I when I like I was looking at the continuity notes that they list at the bottom, and I was like, wait, what? Like that was Trypticon? Like and like I didn't get that at all. And I think I think that's some of the weaknesses of Ramondelli's art, like showing itself, where he, he didn't make that extremely like clear. I I was just kind of like, what is this like structure in the middle of like the wasteland? Like, I I didn't know it was supposed to be like significant, basically. Yeah, I I don't think I noticed that. But but I mean, I maybe I'm I I thought maybe I'm a bad litmus test for that kind of thing. But but if you were saying it too. I, I feel yeah. I feel like I feel a little better about myself. It's not like it's not like I just missed something because I'm sort of ignorant of it or am not as immersed in the current day comics as you are. You know, it, it seems like it's more a, kind of a, a flaw with just the, the general presentation of it. Like, you know, that basically somebody's got to tell you that that's what they're doing for you to notice it you know yeah like i think that's a that's a strike against ramondelli because like if i didn't notice it then yeah certainly there's something wrong because it's not like you you can once you look at it and you know what it is then you can see it but if you're looking if you're not thinking about it like like i didn't notice it so it just looked like a series of like structures and not at all like trypticon's like inert head basically so and i guess like i don't think you've like read these series but like the, the sequels to Autocracy, like Monstrosity and Primacy, like they dealt with Trypticon, basically. Okay, okay. And yeah, like he was defeated by, he was like an ancient like beast created by some ancient, you know, like Prime or some someone like from, you know, way back when. And uh, he Metroplex de defeated him, and I guess he was abandoned here, basically. And... Uh, I don't like some uh, the, in a, the next few pages we'll discuss like some other elements of him come up that I'll probably have to like you know fill you in on but I was gonna say like I liked I liked the whole bit with the turbo foxes because like turbo foxes are a, a weird element of transformers that actually have existed for a long time um they've existed since like basically I think it's Mirage's universe profile because you know, remember it says he used to go hunting for turbo foxes, okay. like with his with his rich friends or whatever. Okay. And like I think, I think these books, like or more than meets the eye, or or adjectiveless transformers were the first like things to actually portray what like turbo foxes look like. It's like so it's like the the wild sea lot and on Vulcan or something like that, where you're yeah, like, holy exactly. shit, they actually you know. They showed it in the filmation cartoon, and then it ended up on Enterprise. And you're like, "Wow, this is <laughs> this is super cool." You get to see what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, but this is the okay. this is the same thing. Like I I I know when I saw them, I was like, "Oh yeah, Turbo Foxes are a thing," and I couldn't remember. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a Turbo Fox before. Like I think this is the first time I can remember seeing one. You know? 
I I've always thought it was like fascinating to say that there was there there is like Cybertronian like wildlife or fauna or you know or something you know basically like I it's not something you really think of but like you're like what what kind of wildlife would there be on a like all mechanical planet basically and I think they said that like turbo foxes are base are supposed to be mindless but like you know we'll see in a like little while that like bludgeon has done something to them that like makes them like not so mindless so like i you know i thought that was a really like nice bit and one of my my favorite panels from this like story and like it's my avatar right now it's basically like john barber writes snarl as like as if he's like silent bob or something like he, <laughs> like he doesn't really talk that like almost at all but um, he's he's covering like the convoy from up top, and there's just this panel of like the turbo foxes like in like closing on them, and like he turns and like he's warning slug of something, but like the the word bubble is just an exclamation mark, like a like a Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> like and uh, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of hilarious because I think like Strafe is like, what's your buddy like saying up there? And Slug like automatically understands what Snarl's getting at. Yeah, I so. felt like, I felt like that. Like I sort of took it as like you know the Dinobots had their own baseball lingo, you know, where they were gonna yeah. like throw a pitch or something, and like Snarl was kind of communicating to him in that baseball lingo where he's like just you know tap tap swing swing, you know like rotate rotate like whatever whatever kind of lingo it is, and all of a sudden like Slag's just kind of like oh okay yeah yeah we're we're, we're you know, he's warning us of trouble, you know like and Barricade's just like what 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 the hell does that mean? Yeah, so I, I, I like you like Slag, but like Snarl is my favorite Dinobot. So like I like whenever like he gets some kind of like spotlight or something that like you know distinguishes him. Basically, I thought so. I thought it was funny. Like I know we kind of glossed over this, but in the beginning, you know how they get drunk and they go into Blur's bar and all that other stuff. Like there was that one scene where it's like Snarl wasn't with them at the time because I think it was like Sledge and Swoop were holding slag back during that confrontation with the the other uh Kaminians K- Kaminians, yeah. you know and 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 like and like i liked when when slag finally showed up to the bar he's just like snarl you know like <laughs> yeah. yo dude like over here <laughs> you know like it's like you've you've all been in that situation where you were already like super fucked up before you even like stepped foot in the place you know and then when you see like your buddy you're just like dude yo snarl you know so i, I dug that scene i also like when like slug starts the fight in the bar like snarl just starts throwing punches like even though he's not even a part of it like yeah yeah i mean that, that's something about these guys where you're like you know he, he even has that in his inner monologue his narration where he's kind of like you know uh, a lot of times we we're always fighting and we get into fights and we start shit and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong but these guys always had my back yeah even when i was wrong and most of the time i was probably wrong but these guys had my back you know like so i i I did like that kind of notion what did you think of like slug like sort of like flirting with strafe but like not really but like i like i don't know i was gonna say like if you you were saying like if, if this is the one the one where a slug gets a girlfriend right, right. Or, that, well that's yeah. kind of what i took it as i mean i guess in that case if he's if he's mad max then i guess what she's Charlize Theron or something like yeah that. furiosa or, or, yeah or whatever. you know like that that kind of dynamic i mean you know, the, the the only other thing, and I don't know if this is spoiling it, but I might as well bring it up now because you're asking me about it, is I did also kind of get the vibe, like a Venus de Milo vibe. 
like because I was thinking of them as like the Ninja Turtles, and I'm like, oh, you know, like like uh, of course, I, I guess you'll get into it when we when we do the maybe the final paragraph. I don't know how many more paragraphs there are, but but the the idea that she at some point gets infected with the same or, or gets exposed to the same, you know, dynamics that made them all Dinobots, and in essence, she herself becomes a dinobot and i was just kind of like oh look it's like and it's the fifth female turtle venus yeah yeah (laughs) you know and and that that's kind of also what another vibe i got out of the whole experience which which again you know like like not and it's not to downplay that or even denigrate that It, it to me it seemed like it was part of that hopeful vibe, you know, that, that Barber was promising in his afterward where it's like, Oh, well, you know what? Like the, the Dinobots have been a man down for this whole time and it's been a bad time for them without, you know, the current leadership, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, look here at the end, you got a, you know, the five, you know, you got five Dinobots again, you know what I mean? So like that sense there, there is something a bit more optimistic about that than, than definitely than punishment. Yeah. Now, speaking of punishment, I guess I'll, I'll get on to the final part of that paragraph I just read. Like, where it is revealed, like, exactly what happened, like, on Varus Centralis that, like, Optimus Prime was, like, so upset about, basically, where Slug basically, you know, preemptively, like, kills a bunch of potential, like, you know, Decepticon, like, soldiers, basically, by executing them all while they're still sparks. So, like, I mean, I thought that was pretty... That that This is probably, like, the darkest thing in this book, basically. And yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, like, I, I think... I don't know. Like, I don't want to... I almost don't want to judge Slug, because, like... I, I, like you know be, what? I, I gotta be honest. I don't. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I'm just kind of like, you know what? Fuck those Decepticons. You know, like, I don't... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. At that point... I, I get what he's saying. Like, you have to rationalize it to yourself, and you have to say, like, what I did wasn't as horrible as what the other guys did, but in, in your own heart, you know that what was done was just as bad. But who is to fucking say, and who is to fucking judge, like, what those sparks would have done to countless other Autobots, Dinobots, what have you? You know, maybe if he hadn't have done that, his whole crew would have been killed. Who the fuck knows? You know, like, so it's... that That, I'm not... I mean, like you said, th- that is the part that that you could conceivably point to as as something that's the darkest bit of the piece. But I I, I don't know. To me, I took it as he's the protagonist. This is something that that he thinks he needs to be redeemed for. I mean, that's where the title comes from. Basically, is this is his point of redemption. He's he's hauling this crate of Kaminian sparks, and and that this is somehow going to you know, maybe balance the scales for something that he did, you know, millions of years ago. And it's like, okay, well, I, I can get behind that. I mean, I don't mean, yeah, think there's anything I mean, wrong with that, you I know, think, so, yeah. I think we said, like, in Punishment, I mean, and who, like, who sent them there, basically? I mean, it's Optimus Prime, yeah, so, like, yeah, he, and that, you that know, too, like, any... Yeah, you can't, you can't just be like, oh, well, gee whiz, you know, like, like, it, it, it's like, what what was Prime gonna do? Like twiddle his fucking thumbs, let the sparks become Decepticons, and murder a bunch of people? Or was he gonna do the same thing himself? But luckily, he can you know wash his hands of it because he sent somebody else to do his dirty work for him, and then they take the, yeah. the blame like they always do, you know. So yeah, I mean there there is that. I mean you start digging into it, yeah, you you get back into the whole you know punishment thing basically. Yeah. 
But anyway, uh, let me, I'll move on to the next hunk of uh, story. Upon arrival in Tiger Pax, the Dinobots recognize the huge crystalline icebergs that float around the shattered ground as hunks of the contaminated energon that turned them into the monstrosities so long ago. Set upon by yet more zombified sweeps, the group fights its way through the dangerous landscape. But just when they are almost through to the other side, another contingent of badgeless who have secretly been tracking them appear. The Dinobots take the barrage of firepower the Badgeless unleash, with Slug urging Barricade to get past them and deliver the sparks to safety, revealing his knowledge of the quote-unquote secret cargo to the Decepticon. Barricade vows to succeed for the Dinobots' sake, only for Bludgeon to suddenly appear in his path and slash the truck to pieces with his sword. Strafe comes to, tries to come to the fallen Barricade's aid, but Bludgeon simply slices her armor open and hurls her into one of the Energon icebergs. Bludgeon then ignites the truck's leaking fuel, causing an explosion that destroys both Barricade and the Sparks, then turns his scientific curiosity towards Strafe, eager to see what the corrupted Energon, in actuality the blood of Trypticon, will do to her. The result is both dramatic and horrific. Like the Dinobots before her, Strafe is mutated into a monstrous beast form and consumed by rage. As she turns her twin-headed fire breath on the sweeps, Swift tackles Bludgeon, pushing him over the edge of a cliff into the rivers of melted, corrupted Energon flowing beneath them. Slug grabs Swift as she falls, saving her from the same fate. So yeah, that's, a, that's basically our climactic battle. Yeah, this is the part where I think I gotta explain to you that like in monstrosity the dinobots like had like their normal well their you know their sort of war within like modes where right. they were all tanks right right but th then they were exposed to some like yeah like corrupted energon that would be revealed to be like trypticon's blood basically okay. and it, they they mutated into like not quite dinosaurs but like you know you could fudge it and say they were like cybertronian like dinosaurs or dragons or you know whatever you want to call it right, right. so like okay. that's that's basically yeah so that's their that's their standard origin in the idw verse basically yeah exactly so like that's that's how they got their sort of like beast forms and um you know what else i was going to ask about is like starscream's like secret service guys or whatever like are they like I just don't remember them. Like, are they toys? Are they a thing? Are they just cannon they, fodder? They were introduced in Windblade series, and yeah, they're they're called the Badgeless, and uh, they basically um, it's a bunch of like volunteers that wear this like armor that has like all these hologram projectors and like so it makes them all look like the same basically. Okay. And they're supposed okay. to be like some faceless, like nameless, like police force for Starscream. Okay. But, they, and, uh, but well, they, they they could do something cool like where like you know somebody gets exposed and you're like holy shit it's you know it's Springer or you know like something like that yeah maybe. Like, I'm sure like Windblades or I should say it's not Windblades book anymore it's like the third book now Till All Are One seems to be like dealing with that like that's uh, Marjorie Scott's book so like they she seems to be like doing stuff like with that where like um ironhide is taking like command of the badge list so like you know the interesting stuff could come of that so we'll see what happens but uh oh yeah so like barricade buys it so like uh, you know do you, do you have any thoughts about barricade like in general basically he seemed to redeem himself at the end i mean like if if my if my twist impression of him was that he was a uh, 
a straight-laced by-the-book cop, and then all of a sudden he was kind of doing this dirty deal. You know, when I guess the, the combination of finding out, essentially he's trying to transport a bunch of baby embryos for Transformers, basically, you know, like, to, to a secure location, right? And then on top of that, that he, you know, like, he has that moment where he realizes that Slag knew what was inside the cargo and, and kind of realizes you know, the sacrifice and the kind of, you know, person that, that he and the Dinobots are. And, and then also he's willing to sort of continue on and, and also carry that burden, you know, that, I mean, that, that in some sense, you know, redeems any negative thoughts I had about him in the beginning. I mean, he tries, he, he doesn't exactly succeed. Yeah. I mean, he, he pretty much flat out fails so that I guess bludgeon can look super threatening and cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess it's like, that was something I didn't know about this piece that bludgeon was going to be like the main bad guy. And it's like, I dig bludgeon. Like, I think I've always liked bludgeon, you know, like I've liked, you know, him as a character when he was in the, the, the end tail end run to the Marvel comics that Simon Furman was writing and everything. And I remember going out of my way to try to track down a figure of the pretender because I liked him so much and, you know, th that kind of thing. And even seeing like the, I, I know they had that weird club exclusive where it was like a GI Joe figure, but looking like bludgeon's like pretender yeah. shell and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, the stuff like that, I, I take note of, but I mean, I, I don't know if this is a decent parallel or not, but you know, maybe, you know, skull for skull, I, I feel like he was kind of wasted in this a little bit. Like, yeah. like that, that, you know, kind of like, like, you know, Crossbones was kind of wasted in the beginning of Civil War or even, even like, you know, the vibe that I, I think you and I both seem to share regarding like General Grievous, like that he had all this great potential in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. But when you actually saw him show up and twirl his, you know, cyber mustache in episode three it was just like who is this fucking asshole like that's not <laughs> that's not who i thought it was gonna be yeah and i, I kind of felt like you know he had his little winter soldier moment where he fucks up barricade but then after that it's just almost kind of like it, it, i had that vibe of like when i was watching ultimate avengers 2 the direct-to-video thing and like by the time i got to the end of it i was like wait wait a minute what like giant man died did i miss that when did that happen and i had i kept having to like you know rewind and, and go when did he die exactly and i felt the same way with this where like everything happened so fast and it was like and now yeah. bludgeon is dead and i'm like well wait a minute wait what happened and and so i sort of traced it back and was like oh i see the the Kaminian, who who's the other one it's not strife swift. right it's swift. swift so it's like i i could see like oh oh so swift like dives after him and and kind of like is gonna throw herself into the pit with him but then i think it's like slag grabs swift and then bludgeon still falls into the pit anyway you know yeah. and i was like oh, okay like i had to go back and look at that a second time so that wasn't the kind of like you're talking about with with trypticon you know being the backdrop of this this kind of you know fury road road trip you know basically like yeah. it, it was the same idea for the the storytelling in that where i was i was a little confused and i went back and, and read those panels a couple more times until i had yeah. sort of sussed out like what exactly happened to bludgeon and 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 in that sense i'm like well you know i, I guess it's like okay he's the bad guy so he's got to get taken out but i just thought it was it, you know i it, well, I, I was gonna supposed to be it's like when 
when when has like falling into a pit like ever been the end of any bad no, 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 guy? That's, like... Yeah, that's true. that's very <laughs> yeah, true. But 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 again, that 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 kind of goes back to the problem of if he's so badass, then what? Why doesn't he immediately like jump out of the fucking pit? Yeah, you know? it's true. Like he comes up out of the energy, and he's like, "I shall be a fan." Yeah, typical, typical stuff. It's like, dude, why don't you guys just stay by the pool for five minutes and blow? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah, they all, shoot. they all shoot, and then and then that's the end of it, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought Bludgeon was he was well used in that this is very much his mo in that like he like in the IDW universe where you know he he. He, he's been working basically like all the way back from like Stormbringer or Spotlight Shockwave. He's used like Shockwave's notes to like do all these like scientific experiments and stuff. And, you know, like he resurrected Thunderwing, you know, he was trying to make pretender shells like for himself. So like all this experimentation on sweeps and like Turbo Fox is like that's totally like IDW bludgeons like MO basically. However, um. If you're looking for, like, the cool-ass guy from, like, the Marvel comics who, like, you know, was, like, the master, like, swordsman and, like, yeah, could, like, carve up a bunch of people, like, like, he does get his, like, you know, kill someone, like, in a cool way moment when he kills Barricade, but then, yeah, like, then he kind of gets, like, you know, oh, like, the story's only got a few pages left, you know, so Swift, like, pushes him off a thing, yeah, so... Um, like, I guess, like, if you're looking for that aspect of bludgeon, you're probably going to be, like, left, be left wanting, basically, like, the warrior side of bludgeon. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I guess we'll discuss what you mentioned earlier. Yeah, like, Strafe gets, like, infected by, like, the corrupted Energon, which is, which is Triptychon's blood. And, uh, it's, it's kind of, it reminds me of, like, Dark Energon from, like, Prime. Like, okay. it's, like, Unicron's blood. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Triptychon's blood like mutates her into like she says she's a Dinobot, but she's just really like this weird two headed like dragon thing. It reminded like, me of Double Cross, like that she yeah, she became a monster bot or something, and I yeah, was like, Oh, that's kinda you know, she's like a female Dinobot, monster bot, whatever. I was like, That's you know, I, I I'm like, I get it. I, I you know, I'm I'm kinda with it, you know. Like I mean it wasn't yeah. wasn't anything like offensive to me or anything. I thought it was kinda cool. Like I'm like I'm 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 on board for that, I suppose. You know, like, like I, I, I did think there, there was an aspect of it that was a bit grotesque, where the two heads were like ripped in two. You know, like yeah, where I was like, that, for a robot yeah, you know, like so, two dragon so it, it, it had a weird aspect of like, you know, the reanimator or something. You know, like some, some, you know, horror movie. You know, like kind of tied to it even though it i you know i get it they're they're robots but still like it is no matter if it's a personified robot or whatever it it is kind of disturbing to see half of a face and another half of a face because you know we don't normally see faces that way yeah well at the very least like ramondelli's art like sells that like you know the grotesquerie or like you know what you know even with bludgeon like he makes him look super scary like that that's something i can definitely say is up his alley um i guess uh, let me read i'll read the last paragraph which wraps up the issue and then we'll have like our final thoughts and whatever um in the aftermath of the battle, Slug explains to his fellow Dinobots about the sparks they had been sh- transporting, while the misshapen, mournful Strafe laments that the Camions have compromised their principles for nothing. 
But a glint on the light on the horizon soon changes things. The light of the alley on a hotspot, which the group discovers has reignited on its own. Bludgeon, Sludge realizes, had been using the sparks from this revived hotspot to reanimate the sweeps and upgrade the turbo foxes, sparks that the team have now saved from his cruel experiments. Swift fears that the sparks have become corrupted by Bludgeon's dark work, but Slug advises her not to judge these new lives before they get a chance to make their own mistakes. To Swoop's horror, Slug gives Swift the case of Shannix and tells her and Strafe to return to Iacon with the cover story that the Dinobots were responsible for kidnapping them and Barricade, and that Barricade died protecting the new Sparks. Strafe refuses to accompany Swift. She is sure Bludgeon is not dead and wants revenge for what he has done to her. Slug likes the sound of that, and the Dinobots, now five in number once more, set out to find Bludgeon. And so that's the end of Redemption. So uh, what do you what do you think like of the uh, the 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 coda, I guess, or the the climax of you know of, of the what do you think of the redemption basically? Just just to confirm, they lost the sparks they were transporting, but they discovered Bludgeon's cache of sparks. But because they're not going to be experimented. Mangala style by Bludgeon, that is considered the win of the story, right? I mean, uh, that, yeah, I'm, more or less, I'm, yeah. I'm interpreting that correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, that's that's fine. I mean, like like I said, it, I mean, there there are some you know uh, nasty things that happen in this. There there's still that kind of grim and gritty aspect to it, but it's not so much that. I didn't come away kind of feeling entertained and that it, it kind of ended on a, you know, I mean, obviously like there is that notion of we're never going back to Iacon again, you know, like we can't, we're all outlaws and criminals. But again, kind of like you say with, with the Decepticons falling into, you know, bats of molten lava, it's not like they're not going to come back out of that at some point. I'm sure at some point, yeah. you know, Slag and the Dinobots are going to be accepted back into Iacon at some point, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but, but for all intents and purposes with this, I'm like, okay, you know, Slag's got his new girlfriend. They're going to go off and beat the shit out of Bludgeoned if he comes back up out of the, the hot tub, you know? Like, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, this is fine. And in the meantime, you got all these other sparks and stuff like that. So, and, and they've been, you know, uh, heroically saved, you know? So it's like, and, 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 you know, the, the, the notion that Slag, decides that you know regardless you know that that someone is going to go back and sort of report that barricade died heroically like that's that again is is uh not necessarily like a a you know gigantic leap in his his way of thinking but i mean it is something that he might not have done you know four million years ago you know what i mean so so yeah. i mean there is some growth and change and 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 something that that you know is is sort of uh, uh more optimistic like even even slag can see the good that that barricade was trying to do so if, if he can do it like you know maybe there's hope for the the rest of the society you know so it's like that's you know i mean all, all those things are are basically what Barbara was saying he was trying to do in the the afterward, you know, kind of paint a, a bit more of a hopeful picture rather than just it, something ambiguous and, and you know, murky, murky and, and lots of questions that are unanswered. This kind of basically either 
tries to answer some of those questions or at least kind of says, look, it's okay. You're going to, you know, life goes on, you know, like, like it's like yeah. that, that's, that's part of the human condition. Like, yeah, lots of horrible, horrible shit happens in life, but you don't stop living because of that. You know, you, you keep striving forward and, and trying to improve yourself. And, and it, it, you know, if, if, if that's what somebody got out of it, or if they just got that, uh, that this was a, a sort of entertaining little, you know, Fury Road romp, you know, like, I, I think that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I got out of it. So, I mean, you know, that, that, and, and I, I don't, I, you know, I enjoyed it. And, and this is something that I'd probably recommend, you know, like, it's not, it's not too complicated to get into or anything like that. And, and it, you know, it spotlights a character I'm kind of fond of, and his, his name wasn't, dragged through the mud too much you know so i'm like hey this is this is pretty cool and he gets and I, you know he gets a girlfriend out of the deal so yeah and i will say like strafe is not like is like having a fifth like or a sixth i guess female dinobot is nowhere near as like awful and offensive as the beast so like yeah like the dinobot <laughs> combiner yeah so yeah, yeah. like yeah if you want to screw with the Dinobots, like like their status quo, like I think this is the way to do it. Like add a new member, don't make them combine or something stupid like that. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, like I really liked this. Like I, I liked it better than Punishment, and like I, I like I said, I think you would have like, and I'm glad to have confirmed that you you enjoyed it more than Punishment, and um, like I said, what well, we said like very early on, I think like Livio Armandelli like adjusted his art like accordingly to the, to the, like you know this story and like its message of like you know yeah hope for the future basically at the end rather than an uncertain future which is undoubtedly what punishment like ended on. I was going to say, like, I, I look forward to, like, you know, Slag's group of Dinobots, like, showing up again, like, in one of the main books, like, soon. Because it doesn't seem like Grimlock's going to be reunited with them anytime soon. Because he's, he's off tooling around with the, that group of Decepticons off in space right now. So, um, I really like this setup. Because, like, like we, I think we said it in pun the review we did of Punishment, where, you know, the other Dinobots, like, finally get some, like, time to, like, you know be on their own basically because grimlock's kind of like you know it's like if they did a dinobots cartoon it would be like grimlock and the dinobots right or whatever. right right and like the rest of the dinobots would all get beaten up by ninjas or something and grimlock would have to go like save them or something Me grimlock stop robo ninjas as for like like for uh, strafe like she's kind of like i guess an homage to like in age of extinction like the whatever the swoop analog was like his toy like he was never named in the movie but his toy was named strafe and he was like a two-headed pterodactyl so like i guess oh, that okay. strafe hair is supposed to be like some sort of homage to him or whatever but okay. um and I, I like how like john barber says in the end like the the afterward where he's like uh, she is not related to like strafe the technobot at all but you know you know, more than one Transformer can have the same name, so, I mean, that's no big deal. The only other thing I wanted to bring up was, like, we talked about Slag, and to some extent we talked about Snarl. Um, I, like, they were, like, both Sludge and Swoop got a number of, like, good mo Like, they didn't really get a lot of focus, but they got a lot of good moments, like, in this. And, like, I, I liked uh, Sludge's, like, 
uh, like Swift is, there's a point where Swift is kind of like, what are the, like the sweeps are attacking and Swift is like, what are these things called? And Sludge is like, they're called sweeps. Like, like, what should I do with my tail? Like to see the sweeping motion. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. He's like, it's a joke I'm working on. Like maybe you have to be a Dinobot to appreciate it. Like, and then, um, he's like, swoop. He's like, they're oh, sweeps good. and I'm sweeping. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sludge is great. Like, but um, I also like like Swoop. I've always thought of like, I guess IDW Swoop and like Marvel Comics like Swoop. Like he like Simon Furman Swoop. He always seemed like sort of a wise guy. And like they sort of like they captured that Swoop portrayal in Fall of Cybertron. I think where he had like the sort of almost like the rat trap esque voice where he was like, "Hey, I'm Swoop. I'm a wise guy." Like. Like, so, like, I really like, like, all the, like, remarks he makes, and, like, I, I forgot, like, um, something like, uh, uh, like, Slug says, like, the whole moral of the story, where he's, like, you know, it's hard to change, but it's, like, it's worth it, and then Swoop, like, comes up, and he's, like, and that's the, that's the story of how the Dinobots learned what a metaphor is, like, uh, and then, like, uh, later on, like, I forgot, he's, like, um, but he, I forgot after Bludgeon gets kicked into the like lava or something, and he was like, "Oh, we didn't find his body." Like, I'm sure that'll that means he's dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but like, I, I like like some people. I I know like when we talked about Fall for Cybertron, like Brian was saying he didn't like the other Dinobots' voices, and like I, I don't know to some extent if you're thinking of like Michael Bell like voicing Swoop, like I I think you know that's understandable. But like I always thought like comic book Swoop has always been sort of a wise guy, so like I I really like like his his speech pattern, I guess, in this, basically. And it's remarkably consistent with how, like, Simon Furman used to write Swoop. That's more like it. Oh. How'd you do that? Don't know, but I like it. Can you change form? No. Everything's different. You mean better. Just different. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he does seem to be the the runt of the Dinobot litter in a way, where he's kind of always being like sort of a peacemaker or kind of, you know, I guess literally hovering above it all, you know, like that kind of thing too. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and they're like, definitely they're definitely distinct archetypes too. Like they they don't, you know, I mean, that's something that's probably good about them because they don't get they don't get conflated together, and you don't you don't think they're all the same, you know me dumb you know yeah. it's like oh are yeah. you dumb me dumb too you know and you're just like all right yeah well what you want them all to fucking sound like that like you know it's like i i, I yeah you'd rather have it where they at least have some kind of you know personality to them well it's like yeah like slag's the leader now like he's the the hot-blooded like like angry leader guy then you got You've got Strafe the girl, the girl, which is her characterization, which is probably offensive to girls. But she's the girl. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like Swoop the wise guy, Sludge the big dumb guy, and Snarl the quiet guy. So, like the quiet cool guy. So that's that's why I like Snarl because he's like the he's like the uh, I guess what are we talking about? Like uh, like Gotcha Man. He's like the the cool guy who's not the leader. I, I forgot who's that guy. Oh, oh, like the the guy in the 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 black right like yeah yeah like he's the cool guy he's the um lance for voltron i think like the blue guy like he's the like cool like collected yeah, guy yeah yeah, yeah. So. i don't know but yeah that's snarl like that's why i like snarl if, if snarl silent bob does that make 
swoop like Jay, you know? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what's up, man? Snoochie. Yeah. It's like swoops like dropping bombs on people. He's like snoochie boochies. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll call Swoop Jay from now on. <laughs> and Jason Mewes can voice him in the next yeah, like cartoon sure. or whatever. Yeah, totally. Snarl can be Kevin Smith. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, Transformers Redemption, and it's a 48-page one-shot. Um, obviously, you can buy the the floppies if you can find them, but uh, obviously, it's also available uh, digitally. And like I said, even with like Punishment, like I don't know if these are ever going to be collected, like in any trade or anything. So like you know, it's it's these might be like I don't know, not difficult to track down because obviously they're available digitally. But I do like to have a solid copy of some of this stuff sometimes. So like I, it'd be nice if they collected both this and like Punishment in a single trade or something. But uh, you know, otherwise it's it's available, um, you know, as a download or as a uh, sing. I think it's like they released it like a, a prestige like one shot with like good card stock okay. or whatever okay. like in stores. So that's always nice, you know. And it, it has a it has a back cover. Ooh la la. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you, that's how you know it's like special. Like it has a back cover and it's got hard card stock for its uh, covers. So, but yeah. So like I I really enjoyed this. Man, you know? what, what does that go for these days? Like forty dollars? Like <laughs> yeah, probably. I think yeah. I think it's like. I think it was like when I bought it. I think it was like I bought the digital copy, but it, I think the digital is no different than the uh, the floppy, and it was like seven ninety nine yeah. or something. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Which, that's ridiculous. Like even four ninety nine would have been like really expensive, but nowadays like a regular comic it's is like, like four ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's ridiculous. But no, but I I like this. Like I like barber doing like you know one shots like every year or whatever that like tackle like a story like he wants to tell that can't be done in the original series so you know i hope he keeps doing that and like as of as of this recording we now know that uh he is leaving his job as the the group editor for like the transformers books and he's just going to be a writer from now on so you know maybe he'll have time to do like stuff like this some more so like i i like this Cool. Sounds good. I guess I should give the usual yeah, spiel about where to usual. where to find us and everything. If you've enjoyed listening to Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays, you can send us email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We, of course, were on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com where we strive to bring you weekly content every week. We've got all kinds of shows in addition to... Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays, we have Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, and comic books, motherfucker, do you read them? So those are our spin-off shows that deal with genre-specific stuff, and of course we have the Fanholes Proper podcast as well. So if you like any of those, please check out the other shows, and... We are on Stitcher, iTunes. We appreciate all the uh, reviews, likes, and feedbacks on the social media. We're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So check us out on all those social medias. And if you're so inclined, send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. And that's pretty much where we're at. So take it away, Mike. This is Mike uh, for Transformers Tuesdays signing off. This is Derek, Derek WC, exclamation mark.
oh, if this was like Fury Road, like I know you haven't seen it, but it like it should have started off with like Slag being like, my name is Slag, my world is fire and blood. It was it when 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 Windblade and the Camions came to Cybertron, it was hard to know who was more crazy, me or everyone else.